The business of medicine. Physicians always have an opinion on this. Nowadays, physicians are becoming more and more involved in healthcare policy and delivery strategies for success. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. You are listening to a special segment on future medicine. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Christopher Cates, Assistant Professor at Emory University School of Medicine and the Director of Vascular Intervention at Emory University Hospital and Crawford Long Hospital, as well as the Medical Director at Emory Angiographic Simulation Training Center. Welcome, Dr. Cates. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Today we are discussing the business of medicine. Dr. Cates, what is the business of medicine? Well, you know, we spend as medical professionals a lot of time going to conferences and learning about the individual drugs and techniques and technology that we use in our daily practice. But some of the issues that are really driving healthcare now are the economic and health policy issues that we historically have had no training in. Which ones in particular? Those being the whole area of reimbursement, the whole health policy and health delivery, the economic impacts of our practice, aligning incentives with the hospital, working with payers to understand what is quality and measuring quality. These sorts of parameters we really have not been trained in historically, and we certainly don't discuss at most of our medical meetings. Well, is it been an issue of not that we didn't discuss it, but we didn't become involved in it? Well, I think it's both. I think we have had lack of education in those areas of our practice that are probably driving health care the most, and we have not seen that that is important, and therefore we've advocated those issues to others, practice managers, professionals within the society who are not physicians, and thereby, in the whole managed care era of the 90s, physicians were by and large left without a seat at the table. My push is that we as physicians need to be very actively involved in this aspect of our practice, and we need to be the ones that define what quality means for physicians and professionals, and we need to define what quality means, and if we as physicians define what that quality is, we measure that quality, we work with our health policy partners both on the governmental side as well as the private sector side and payers to define those areas and to increase communication between ourselves, the medical community, and the payer community, that no one can argue with quality when physicians set those standards. Well, practically, how are we going to do that? Well, I think it's important for individually each physician to become involved in this aspect of his practice, to understand what are the quality indicators that payers look at, to start implementing measurement tools within your practice where you can measure those quality indicators and show that, in fact, you are providing quality medical care, where you become a resource for the payer community, where if there are issues that are of question on the payer side, you become a resource to interact with the payer to help educate the payer as to the medical literature that supports your view. From a regional point of view, where you become involved with regional medical societies to help advocate your position with health policy, that being governmental, CMS, FDA, Congress, regional and local, those payers in your community that may be denying payment for a certain type of technique. 
and you advocate both regionally and nationally through medical societies. I think we've really been very poor in doing that in the past. Do you think that we can really make a difference? Oh, I think we can. We, uh, in cardiology, started a meeting from the American College of Cardiology called Strategy of Success approximately 15 years ago, where we have a national forum for exchange of ideas between health policy, meaning congressional representatives, advisors for different Senate leaders and congressional leaders, as well as the Office of the Inspector General, FDA, CMS, and other payer communities like LeapFrog, General Electric, and intermediaries such as Aetna, Cigna, and United Healthcare, where we can exchange information, get to know each other, understand what their issues are, and help to tell them what our issues are as a medical community so that there's improved dialogue where there's not this adversarial relationship that sometimes we get into when we're being denied a claim or having to justify what we're trying to do from a medical point of view. It seems to be better to have that dialogue in a more friendly environment where we're all trying to do the right thing, which is provide care for patients. If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special segment on future medicine on the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, professor of surgery at Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Christopher Cates, assistant professor at Emory University School of Medicine and the director of vascular intervention at Emory University Hospital and Crawford Long Hospital, as well as the medical director at the Emory Angiographic Simulation Training Center. Today we are discussing the business of medicine. Dr. Cates, you spoke of a dialogue. Are the people we're speaking with listening to us? Well, I think they are. Certainly when we express our case backed up with clinical data. A lot of times we produce so much information in science that we never translate what that information means to patient care. And we don't create appropriate guidelines for care. And we don't certainly adhere necessarily to those guidelines. I think that that's a big disconnect between what we say as our guidelines in care and what we actually practice as delivery of care. I think that we need to increase the dialogue so that our health policy and payer community, the people that are in charge of understanding and implementing payment policy, understand our position as far as health care delivery if we're going to improve patient care along the way. I also think that we don't spend enough time talking about issues of practice management that are really consuming more and more time of individual practicing physicians' daily life. And if we can provide, as a medical community, an environment for physician education in this area, like we do for all the drugs and bugs that we treat or the techniques and technology that we use in patient care delivery, I think we as a physician community will have more tools that we need to understand our practice as a business as well as a health delivery vehicle for patients. Dr. Cates, you and I have both been in practice for a number of years, and you know, as I do, how frustrating it has been throughout these years trying to get your point across, let alone trying to get a change or even understanding what our issues and problems are. Well, how is it going to be different? Well, I think historically the physician community as a whole has not been engaged on these subjects. We've advocated that to others, and we have not really had a grassroots involvement 
of physicians in this area of the practice. And we've not involved ourselves in societies where organized medicine can speak with a voice that represents the medical community. In many ways, some of our societies have not had input from grassroots as far as the importance of certain issues in their daily practice life. We need to be more advocates locally as well as regionally and nationally as to our views and the issues that we're facing in our practice on a day-to-day basis. And then we need to encourage and insist that societal medicine express our views to congressional leaders as well as to our different health policy and payer community partners so that our message is heard clearly. But the crux of the issue is it takes individual physician involvement both locally and nationally, to get that message across. And we've never been organized to do that. Well, why do you think that they are interested in really listening to us and listening to our concerns? Because we're the ones delivering the care in the trenches. And if we make our voice known in a cohesive and concise way, with the appropriate relationship building at top levels of societal medicine to these health policy leaders, and we form that relationship in a way that really we focus on the care of the patient and not our own necessarily selfish interest. I think that if we define what these quality parameters are and implement means to measure them and support that with data that's generated with scientific method, then the argument cannot be refuted by health policy. If you would prioritize the issues of most concern, what would you put as number one? Well, that's an interesting question. I think this whole measurement of quality is really probably the paramount thing that physicians need to be involved in. What do you mean, sir? There are different parameters that different organizations use to measure quality in this whole pay-for-performance environment. Those are, a lot of times, not been generated by physicians. (laughs) (laughs) If we as physician communicate can define in our own specialty realm what are the parameters that define a quality physician, and then can start in some organized way to measure those, and then to work with payers and others to implement systems that measure really meaningful criteria of quality. I think we'll do a lot more to improve patient care, but also to reinforce this idea of quality measurement and paying for performance as we go forward. I want to thank Dr. Christopher Cates, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the business of medicine. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment about future medicine on the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to check out our website at www.reachmd.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. Thank you for listening.